This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Depending on your viewpoint, Jordan Peterson is either a hero or a man of ill repute who should have no standing in the world of clinical psychology. What no one can deny is that the man has become a bit of a rock star. Maybe not in the world of psychology, but have you heard of any other celebrity psychologists? Not really a thing. But that's where he is now, and this week we've got a chance to speak with him. Now, this is coming together rather quickly, rather last minute, and you might notice that it sounds a little bit different between where I am now and my discussion with Dr. Peterson, who I interviewed just before getting on a flight to come to Tel Aviv in Israel for another matter. We'll have more on that in future editions of the Full Comment Podcast. Hi, my name's Brian Lilly, your host, and while in Israel right now, I'm reviewing my discussion, my interview with Dr. Peterson, and we wanted to bring it to you this week on the Full Comment Podcast. He is a bit of the man of the hour, as it were. He had his attempt to overturn a previous court ruling shut down by the Ontario Court of Appeal, which refused to hear his case. Peterson has been arguing that the Ontario College of Psychologists overstepped their bounds when ordering him to undergo what he describes as re-education in social media. Now, you can dispute whether that is the actual term that should be applied, but there's no doubt that the college has said you will undertake social media training that we deem appropriate or lose your license. That's a heavy toll. It's also something that he warns the rest of us can apply to every single profession out there, every single regulated trade, any job where you have a college that decides if you're fit to pursue your life's work, well, now they can determine whether your social media interactions, your public statements on issues of life, of politics, is worthy of you continuing in that job, be it a teacher, hairdresser, a barber, a plumber, a doctor. All of these professions have regulatory bodies. And thanks to this court ruling from the Ontario uh, Superior Court of Justice and the decision by the Ontario Court of Appeal not to hear it, in Canada's largest province anyway, these bodies now have immense power over you. 
that's a big part of what Dr. Peterson is warning us about. It's a big part of what we discussed. But we also discussed his options and how we ended up in this unlikely position. We've discussed this many times over the years. Um, Jordan Peterson's a man I've interviewed many times, haven't met in person, but we have been talking frequently since this became a court issue. And that is where we start the conversation. Dr. Peterson, thanks for the time as always. Hey, thanks for the invitation. Uh, let's back this up for people who don't know why you're in trouble, other than the fact that you are, you're a troublemaker. I mean, it seems to follow you everywhere, but why, why are you in trouble with the uh, Ontario College of Psychologists? Um, what prompted this? Let's, let's give people well, a, feel, a base understanding. They feel that I pose a danger to the public and uh, that I'm a disgrace to the profession. Those are essentially the accusations, and they've already decided that I'm to be re-educated for an indefinite period of time by anyone they choose at my expense with the outcome being whatever they deem appropriate. Despite the fact that the people that will educate me, so-called social media experts, have no standing as scientists or researchers, let alone clinicians, that there's no such thing as the field of social media expert. There's no criteria by which they could judge my success, et cetera, et cetera. And so why, you ask? Yeah. Do you want the like the the surface reason, the given reason, or do you want the actual reason? I want the actual reason. Okay, well, I'll give you both. The surface reason is that I said things that were... Uh, uh, it's hard for me to explain, actually. I can tell you what I did and what I got in trouble for. So, well, about, yes, Okay, well, let me throw this out, because yeah. after I wrote a column defending you and saying that this is a problem for anybody in any regulated profession or trade... I had people writing me and saying, well, he's a psychologist and, and he advised people to kill themselves. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. So I, I'll tell you that story. So um, I've noted for years the proclivity of environmentalist do-gooders to claim that the planet has too many people on it. And one of the most egregious offenders on that front was moralizing madly on Twitter. And I suggested to him that if he felt that the population needed to be reduced, that he might consider contributing to that himself. And so that's you know, apparently... Like that, that, that's a joke. There's no such thing as a joke now. Um, that, but, but, that was but counseling like, to That suicide. is something that I've said to people for years. You know, I've heard from environmentalists that have a ton of kids and say, we have too many yeah. people. Well, you know, you're still here and, and you had a bunch of kids. So if, if you think that, you know, the humans on the planet are a locust that are just eating everything. Well, why this? Oh, well. Well, and we could delve into that a little bit. Like I've felt for 30 years that statements like that are generated by a literally genocidal anti-human spirit, so to speak, that takes possession of the tongues of fools and has them say such things without really noticing what they're doing. And I actually feel that it's my professional responsibility to call out such Freudian slips, as you might say, because they actually speak to a very deep fount of extremely pathological motivation. And so on the one hand, it's a joke. But on the other hand, you know, it's a pretty grim joke. And obviously, you have to be some sort of ideologically addled and blind fool motivated as well 
to think that that was somehow a psychologist counseling someone, let alone someone in distress, to suicide. So, so somebody complained about you making that joke. Mm-hmm. Were they were they a, a, a patient of yours? Were they someone that was coming to you uh, as a psychologist? No, 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 none of the people. Oh, no, so first of all, there were never any complaints levied against me when I was a practicing psychologist prior to my rise to public notoriety, let's say, and I practiced for some 20 years, and also no complaints levied against me of any sort as a professor, by the way. And that was because I didn't do anything that would generate such complaints back when you had to do something to generate complaints, let's say. The people who complained were about 15 people, 17 people scattered all over the world. They complained online. The college decided to pursue 13 of those complaints, even though they are not required to. They, In their judgment, they determined that that was reasonable. Six of the people claimed in writing to be clients of mine, which was a complete bloody lie. Not only were they not clients of mine, they didn't know anyone who was ever a client of mine. And none of the people that I actually interacted with on Twitter, to the degree that I did, complained. And none of the people who complained knew them. So these were third-party strangers yeah, yeah. So, and so, I so can tell is, you what the other complaints were. I criticized Trudeau. I criticized his chief of staff. I made a smart ass remark about some Ottawa city councillor who was lying about the trucker convoy. Um, the complainant submitted an entire transcript of a interview I did with Joe Rogan, where I was expressing my doubts about the validity of the climate apocalypse that's being foisted on us by the mon- what the moral mongering globalist utopians and oh yes i i pointed out to um the world at large that very obese people were not a beauty model for swimsuit or for sports illustrated and i went after elliot or ellen page or whatever the hell she thinks she is so is sports illustrated that would be the publication that just announced they're shutting down yeah that'd be the one all right isn't that something and who could have possibly predicted that yeah, I, yeah, I remember, yeah. I, I remember being a teenage boy and being very interested in the swimsuit issue. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that these people came from around the world. I mean, this is the mm. Ontario College. So, you know, I, I, I've had people say to me, well, you know, uh, this is the Ontario College and they're there to protect the public. Yeah, right. They've got to protect the public from yeah. someone who's practicing psychology in Ontario. But these were people who just didn't like what you said on social media. I mean, how far flung were they? Oh, all over. London, most of them were Americans. Um, they were all over the place. doesn't matter. You can submit Anyone can submit a complaint for any reason whatsoever from anywhere. They don't have to be a client or have had anything to do with me or anything to do with anyone I've ever had anything to do with. Uh, so then part of, how, the, see, part how, of the problem, Brian, is that the complaint process itself is actually technologically outdated because back when you had to write a letter, you know, on paper and you had to do some work to submit a complaint, the probability that some, you know, far-flung dimwit from another country was going to take the time to do the investigation necessary to go after someone like me was zero. But now you can submit a complaint. Any, any you know, vengeful halfwit can submit a complaint in 15 seconds and the, the all the all the bloody political activists know this. They've weaponized the regulatory mm-hmm. colleges all over the world. 
So, so physicians in particular are terrified to say anything. So how, how then is this protecting the public in Ontario when what it actually looks like is lawfare? I mean, these rules on social media did not exist when you became a, a clinical psych psychologist, correct? Well, the rules governing conduct um, existed, but I didn't. I haven't done anything that violates my my responsibility as a psychologist. In fact, quite the contrary. I've said but, things but, that but I this believe is to about, be true. This is about social media posts. This is about an yeah. interview with Joe Rogan. Oh yes, well that's true. Yeah, no, no, no. Those, so, so, all those. Yeah, yeah. Th this well, they're still new. back this, in 1980. This, this did not exist back <laughs> then. Now no. they've added these things in, and you've got people complaining from around the world. How is this not just lawfare? Well, it, it is lawfare. It's taken me, it's very stressful. I mean, it's the equivalent of 13 lawsuits. And they say, well, it's not punitive and it's not a lawsuit. But, well, first of all, the punishment is that they're going to take my license because that's clearly the plan. And in terms of it not being a lawsuit, they recommend themselves that once an action like this is instituted, that you get a lawyer. So, you know, you can flip the words any way you want, but it's a lawsuit and it threatens my life. It's already cost me a million dollars. Like, who the hell has the money to fight that sort of thing? And it's been an unsuccessful fight. And it's absolutely crystal clear that the end game is to take my license because, you know, I played this out in my head. Okay, so they're going to re-educate me, whatever the hell that means. I can't even imagine how that's going to work or even who they would get to do it, although they have some people that they've hypothetically recommended. Like... How are they going to retool me to their satisfaction? You know, I mean, I can't I can't see any possible way that could happen. I don't even know what I did that was wrong. You know, I mean, maybe they'll tell me. I don't know. What are they going to tell me? So don't say they, anything that isn't cliched ever in public. What or something like that. You and I have been talking about this for just over a year now, because I guess it was November 2022. This came forward. You went public at the end of December or early January 2023. And, and, and then you sought judicial review. And yeah. you asked the court to say, like, look, these guys are overstepping their bounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that court case came back. That's the Ontario so-called Superior Court of Justice. And a ruling by Justice Paul Chavez said that, you know, well, you know, maybe, kind of, yeah, your rights were violated, but, you know, under Section 1 of the Constitution. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we look at Doré, and which, by the way, Doré is a case, for people that don't know, it's cited often in administrative cases, but it's about a, a, a lawyer complaining about a judge and then the entire judicial system coming down on this guy because he had a biased judge against him. And, and, and that's what they're using to go after you. And, mm -hmm. and Justice Shabbos, who, by the way, as we've discussed before, you know, former lawyer for the Toronto Star, uh, someone who helped Morgenthaler fight to overturn the abortion laws in this country, very activist lawyer, very activist judge. He looked right. at the case and said, no, like, sure, your rights were violated, but it's justified under Section 1. That, mm -hmm. like... You know, people don't get how much power judges have. They said your rights were violated and then said, but it's okay because we, we agree with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you, if you're a Canadian and you think the charter of rights protects your rights, you're a fool. That thing isn't worth the paper it's written on.
you don't have property rights to any great to any real significant degree you certainly don't have the right to free speech especially if you're a professional because as you already pointed out the the courts and bruce party wrote a good article about this in the national post here recently the courts have already decided that pretty much any old bureaucrat whatsoever or bureaucratic organization who can formulate something approximating a justifiable rationale for violating the rights of the professionals they are hypothetically regulating can do so with impunity obviously i mean this is so look i mean here we got to make this clear to people so we already dealt with the suicide thing which is you know just so preposterous it's beyond comprehension i criticized trudeau and his chief of staff well, and an know, hold, hold, hold on counselor. let's be accurate let's be accurate yeah. his his principal secretary at the time jerry butts I, I, I don't want people saying that we're we're not telling the truth here, uh, Jordan. Like we, we've oh, got to be sorry. Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is well, yeah, yeah. Well, right. Well, so do I have a right to criticize political leaders or not? Well, obviously, the answer to that is well, I have the right, but I don't have the right to do that and like have a profession. <laughs> and of course, the the judge also ruled that um, the action wasn't disciplinary. Uh, it was by a disciplinary committee. Yeah, well, the thing is, had they termed it disciplinary, I would have had the right to face them. You know, I, I'm reminded of um, uh, the great movie Princess Bride. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, well, right. So it's not disciplinary. It's just disciplinary. Uh, yeah. So, look, this fight, in my view, is something that, every Canadian should be concerned about. And I think you'll be happy to hear that I've I've heard from Canadians who don't agree with you, who don't like you, but who say, wow, I, I'm really concerned about this. And in my view, if you're in any sort of regulated profession or trade, and, and, and I mean it, I mean it from psychologists, doctors, teachers, lawyers, but also get Engineers. into skilled trades. Plumbers, yep. hairdressers, electricians, anywhere where you've got an organizing body that decides if you have the right to work in that field, they can say, you know what, if you say certain things politically, we're going to say you can't work in this field. Well, um, they will say that. They've been doing that with nurses already. Amy Hamm in British Columbia is a very good example of that. It isn't that they can do that. They they 100% certainly will do that. This is Tell me about this Amy Ham story. This is not one that I know. I, I know about a, a case in Saskatchewan with a nurse that, uh, you know, criticized the treatment her father received, and, and she ended up in trouble. But Yeah, Amy Ham in, in BC got in, in terrible trouble for insisting that there was a biological difference between men and women, which is, by the way, the most fundamental fact that human ha humans have access to. And now... Well, in Canada, it's essentially illegal for all intents and purposes to insist on that. So now you just think about that. So now your innate ability to differentiate between male and female, which is about the most important thing you can possibly do, has now become a criminal act if you dare to admit that the capacity even exists. And you might think I'm exaggerating, but, no, but no. I'm not. No, no, I don't. Uh, there's a, a young man from the Ottawa Valley named Josh Alexander. Yeah, I interviewed him. He was suspended from a Catholic school for saying there yeah. are only two genders. Uh, last time I checked, 
the Catholic Church teaches that there are only two genders. Uh, you know, that, that has not changed. And yet a Catholic yeah. school said, you can't come back until you apologize. So they've, they've essentially suspended him. The, the, and his brother. And, and they have, uh, from what I understand, his parents who are teachers in the education system mm -hmm. have had their careers upended. That's right. Yeah, the so, family lost their house. Yep. It's it, it, it's unbelievable. And mm -hmm. you know, I, Jagmeet about Singh this. threatened him. That's fun. I'm sorry. At what? a rally, Jagmeet Singh threatened him at a rally. Oh. When he was marching with Antifa. Now, when, when Singh was marching with Antifa, let's yeah. let's make no, sure no, no, that's straight. I assume that, but yeah, that that is a good point. Um, <laughs> so. What do you say to people who are worried about speaking up? Because every time I write about you, every time I talk about you, I hear from people who say, I wish I could, but I can't lose my job. Yeah, well, this is what I'd say to them is, first of all, you should be afraid of speaking up. But you should be way more afraid of hiding and pretending. Because... If you, if you speak up, you might lose your job, but if you keep silent when you have something to say, you remember the story of Jonah? Mm -hmm. So God comes to Jonah and says, um, people are misbehaving, you know, in a city near here that you hate and you wish they'd all go to hell, but I just soon you went, you know, said what you have to say to them. Maybe you can do something about it. And Jonah says, no goddamn way. I'm not going to that city. I'm out of here. So he gets on a boat and God's not very happy that he's disobeyed. So he sends a storm and the boat rocks and the waves come and the soldier, the sailors find out that Jonah has a beef with God and they try to save him, but they can't. And they eventually throw him overboard to save the ship. And then a huge and terrible monster comes up from the depths and seizes Jonah in its jaws and takes them to the bottom of reality itself, right down to hell. Yeah, that's what happens to you if, if you let the cat get your tongue when you have something to say. So, you know, you might want to be terrified about speaking up, and fair enough, man. I've had lots of clients who were in a position where their livelihood was threatened by the fact of their beliefs. But there are worse things than losing your job. And you might think, well, you know, that's easy for you to say. It's like, first of all, no, actually, it hasn't been that easy for me to say, although it's been a hell of an adventure. But I would just tell people, you don't understand, guys. You're afraid of the wrong thing. Like, if we're in a situation now where you have a job that you can't hold unless you're lying through your silence or your acquiescence, then you either have a lot of house cleaning to do in your particular enterprise, or it's time for you to find a new job. And it couldn't be made more stark than that. And I understand that that's extremely disruptive to people, but I'll tell you what else is disruptive. It's very disruptive to raise your children on a sinking ship. And if you don't think Canada is a sinking ship, you're an idiot. We now make less per capita than people in Mississippi. We're worse off than the people in the worst off state in the U.S. Yeah. It's a race to the bottom. The OECD predicts that we'll be the worst performing country in the developed world for the next three decades. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So, look, I understand why people are afraid. But you got to be afraid of the right things in life. And the thing you should be afraid of most, I, this is 
This isn't a metaphysical claim. If you lose your integrity, you you fall apart. You you descend into anxiety. You lose hope. You become weak. You become old. You stress yourself. Your job becomes increasingly pointless. You become bitter and resentful. Like you what you're not afraid of that? Well, that's in the future. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And maybe you lose your job tomorrow. That's possible. But, you know, if you stood up and fought, if you got up on your back legs and fought, you might find that some people you really admire would come and join you, and maybe you could win. And then maybe your kids could win. Or you can... I understand why people don't speak up. Oh, and, and so do I, and I'm I'm in a position i'm you know it's different from yours you you know as you've said before you know over the last several years you've been blessed with support around the world with wealth and all of that i just yeah. happen to be a position where i'm paid to speak my mind i'm paid right. to uh poke the bear and and i've got employers and and bosses who are supporting me in that but i i can understand the fear but i also understand yeah. what you're saying it's it's difficult. It's scary to say, well, but, you know, the College for Barbers now says if I say something on social media, let's say, that I will lose my license, or if I do X, I will lose my ability to be a teacher, a plumber, an electrician, a, a doctor. It's just a doctor this week who is in trouble in Quebec for misgendering yeah. someone. Yeah. Well, which is something I predicted, by the way, back in 2016. And all the law professors who, you know, came out to debate me said, oh, Peterson, that'll never happen. No one would ever go to jail for that. There would never be. A we don't really mean what we're saying. It's like it's a law, boys and girls. You break a law, you pay the price. Well, it's just a little law. It's like, no, nothing that has the force of the state behind it is a little law. It's not just politeness. Why can't you use their pronouns, Dr. Peterson? How about because most of them are lying, narcissistic psychopaths? How about that for a reason? And and just so the college is clear about that, that's my professional opinion. And I'm speaking as a psychologist. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What are you going to do next? Are you going to fight to keep your license? Are you going to go through with the Well, I'm, I'm training? I'm, I'm ambivalent. I have a variety of options. I could just tell them to go to hell and, and resign. There's some joy in that, isn't there? Well, it... I wouldn't say so because I really, I really, like, look, I worked hard to be a psychologist and I worked hard to be a good psychologist and I enjoyed helping people and I was good at it. And so I'm not the least bit happy about allowing a pack of jackanapes to take away what I earned. And so I don't have any delight in that. Now that is counterbalanced by my increasing sense that I don't want to be the member of a club, a club of silent and pathological cowards. And increasingly, that's what being a psychologist means in Canada. And increasingly, that's also what being a professor means. And so 
So, you know, that at some point, a body of professionals, let's say, can get so corrupt that it's actually an immoral act to maintain your affiliation with them. Now, I can't exactly make that pronouncement right now and resign because obviously it's, that's not well-timed to say the least, is it? Well, and then, uh, well, you asked about options. Um, I could move to the United States. My daughter's in Arizona. I'd pay way less tax. Um, people are happier with me in the, in some sense there than they are in Toronto. I'm probably less popular in Toronto than anywhere else in the world, as far as I can tell. Um, so that's kind of interesting and weird. Um, I have lots of options. I could just stop fighting. I could take the re-education course and see what the hell they're up to. Right now, that's the most likely outcome. Could you become a psychologist in another province? We'll see. You know, I'm looking into that option. It's, it's, I've had offers of that sort already from multiple jurisdictions. Um, you know, there's a difference between an offer, even if it's made in good faith, and something that can actually happen. It's not that easy to join a... It's not e that easy to become a professional in a different jurisdiction. There are a fair number of hoops that generally have to be jumped through. But it's a possibility. So you're leaning towards taking the training. Is that out of curiosity? <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm in a business where if you don't have curiosity, you shouldn't be in the business. So I, I might do that. But why would you take the training, when, which you've described as re-education camp? Well, as you pointed out, you know, some of that would be curiosity, but it would also be, an, and that here, I like to get to the bottom of things, and that would be another way of getting to the bottom of things, because I'm actually, I actually am curious, because I've been thinking about how I would handle myself, let's say, in the first course, whatever that would be, I would like to find out what the person who's going to conduct this retraining, like, okay, what, what do you think you're doing? What do you think my crime is? Exactly. And what do you think I should do instead? And how is it that I could learn from you, even in principle? And what do you think you have to teach me? And like, I really am curious about that. And investigating all that would give me the opportunity to understand it more deeply. I mean, I think I understand it to some degree already, but this is really where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? It would help me figure out how far they're willing to go. Um, and I could communicate that to people. You know, and that might be real useful, even though it's a pain. So what's your warning to to Canadians in, in, in general? Uh, you, you've kind of made it that everyone should be concerned about this. And I've tried to make people get that. But, um, you know, if we if we don't have a change in direction, then it's not that necessarily government is going to dictate how we live our lives. It will be these petty bureaucrats who are in administrative roles that will determine mm -hmm. everything. That's that's right. That Well, that's exactly it. What's happened is that the spirit of tyranny has determined how to invade low-level bureaucracies and exert itself. We're protected to some degree against tyranny at the highest levels of of the political, but we're not protected at all against creeping tyranny in the administrative state. And especially when the judiciary enables precisely those actors. And they they are not responsible to the market as you are if you're a evil capitalist. 
and they're not responsible to in in in, in real sense to to the electorate not in any true sense and so they can find their sinecures and you know it, it's very frequently the case that on regulatory boards regulatory boards attract the sort of people who like to do exactly the sorts of things that they're doing to me so what 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 should canadians think uh, the canadians who are silent when their conscience is telling them to speak should pray that they die before the full consequences of their stupidity make themselves manifest but they'll have their children to to suffer their children can suffer for them because that's really the that's the consequences of silence it, it, or their it grandchildren really is an erosion of freedom and you know i i, I look at that ruling from Paul Chavez, the, the, yep. the judge at the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. And my goodness, it, it, it is an aberration of justice, what he wrote, his convoluted ruling. And, and I know it's last August, and I hate to go back to that, but the, the man was all over the map on this. And because the appeals court just decided not to grant you leave to appeal, gave no reasons, mm -hmm. your uh, attempt to, to fix this is dead and a horrible ruling by an activist judge who should be hanging his head in shame now becomes precedent. Yeah, that's right. You got her, buddy. And you said erosion of freedom. It's like, no, we should make it more stark than that. Canadians do not understand this. Their freedoms are already gone. What we have is the, we have the remnants of freedoms. We have the echoes and ghosts of freedoms. We have the apparatus of freedom. The freedoms are already gone, and now the consequences of that are going to unfold. Now, you can already see that happening in Canada's economic decline, but it's certainly not going to stop there. I mean, so if that's what if that's what people want, if that's by their silence, if that's what they're requesting by their silence, if they're requesting their own slavery by their silence, which is the silence of slaves, by the way, then they'll attract tyranny in precise proportion to that Some and you know this say, is, it's very hard for canadians because we are accustomed to assuming that our fundamental institutions are sound and they were for a long time you could trust that the political parties essentially stood for what they said they stood for you didn't have a situation where the liberals were way left of the ndp which is certainly the case in canada now for example like people were playing an ideological game, but to the degree that it was possible, they were playing that straight. And you could basically, when I grew up, you could basically trust the CBC. You know, cer cer certainly some of the journalists at the CBC, the universities were doing a credible job, even the school systems, which, you know, I hated going to school when I was a kid. I thought that the system was dreadfully incompetent, but now it's, it's staggeringly incompetent. Plus it's ideologically addled to a degree that is truly diagnosably diagnosable clinically and so this is this isn't going to happen in 10 years this is now and people are 10 years behind the curve fundamentally or maybe even 15 and so it, and i can understand why that is too it's very hard now to inform yourself properly as to how the world is unfolding because things are changing at a rate that's just beyond belief and most people don't know where to get credible information so you know i watched the universities hey so what happened in the universities 
Well, first of all, the administration took over the universities. And that took about 30 years. And then, and the professors stepped back every time they were asked to, until there was really nothing left of them. And then the woke mob took over the administration. And that took about five years when they really got going. And now the woke mob is going to take over the sciences too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's already more or less a fait accompli. And the Americans are starting to wake up for this, to this, to some degree. You know, you saw the presidents of UPenn, MIT, and Harvard reveal their abysmally malevolent ignorance and presumption in D.C., not even noticing they were doing it. The consequence of that was the demise of two of them. But Jesus, all that did was brush a little rust, rust off the surface. There's a lot. There's a lot more to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dr. Peterson, sure. want to thank you for your generous uh, generosity with your time today. Um, it's uh, always a pleasure talking to you, and you know, hopefully, something can change. I know some people say just vote Trudeau out. I think it's more than that. It's got to be a lot more than that, and it's a big job ahead of us. So, uh, thanks for taking the time and, and discussing all of this with us today. Yeah, well, thanks for your attention to this and, and your attempts to bring it to wider public awareness. You know, I, I don't really think this is about me, and I guess I could close with that. I don't have a horse in this race in some ways. I, can, I have the luxury now of being able to do pretty much whatever the hell I want as long as I'm somewhat careful. I don't have to have this war, but at the moment I'm still choosing to do it because... I think that, look, man, if this board can take me out, and they probably will, it, what makes anyone else think that they're not on the line? You could justify that by saying, well, you know, if you weren't so mouthy and reprehensible, nothing would have happened to you. The old ty tyrannical line, mm -hmm. you know, is if, there, if you didn't do anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about, which is what every tyrant always says. It's like... You better search your souls, boys and girls, and see if you have anything to worry about, because I don't know anyone who's pure enough in heart to escape the the, the tyrannical and penny-pinching micromanagers if they get there, if they get you in their sights. No, it, it, it's the old line. Those of us who have uh, not sinned cast the first stone. Well, we'd all put down our stones at that point. Dr. Peterson, thanks so much. You bet, man. Good talking to you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Jordan Peterson. You can agree with him, you can disagree with him, but there's no doubt that this court ruling, this procedure he's going through, is going to have a major impact on the lives of many. So let us know what you think. Make sure that you reach out to us, drop a comment below the wherever you're listening to the podcast. Share it, of course. Full Comments is a post-media podcast. My name's Brian Lilly, your host. This episode was produced by Andre Pru with theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. You can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, what have you. Listen through your app or Alexa-enabled devices, and you can help us out by giving us a rating or leaving a review and by telling your friends about us. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Brian Lilly. <laughs>